The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Welcome to the Roto-World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short, and I'm joined here by Drew Silva as we wind things down with the season. Drew, what's up? Not much, man. Um, kind of excited that the season's coming to an end um, so that our jobs get a little easier. Uh, I think I feel <laughs> like true. I say this every week or over the last few weeks, but it's just the last month has kind of been a grind. Yeah, I mean, the whole season can be a grind, but I mean... Even beyond like our jobs, just like the intensity of the postseason, it's like so different than the regular season, and we get to watch the games. A right, little, we yeah. get to watch the games a little bit differently than we do during the regular season. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. It's way more fun. You just get to enjoy it. Um, I, I know, like no one listening to this podcast has any sympathy for us, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. it's just we've been pulling, you know, like twelve hour shifts. You know, it's it's just hard. But anyway, let's talk about some baseball. Writing about baseball is so hard. So I know, man. We have to watch baseball all day. It sucks. It's <laughs> yeah. terrible. Pity um, us. Well, I mean, it kind of does suck because I, I sat through most of the Mets' 17-5 to loss to the Cubs on Wednesday. So I'm, I'm going down with that ship until the very last out. But uh, fortunately, there are plenty more interesting things to keep me distracted right now. The the various races around Major League Baseball, the win streak of the Indians. Um, we'll mm-hmm. get to the Indians here in a second, but before we do, quick reminder, subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. Uh, you know where to find us pretty much everywhere. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure to rate and review the show as well. Regular season, almost over, but we'll have stuff for you guys during the off-season off season as well. Uh, we did a hot stove preview episode last year. We'll likely do that again. Something during the winter meetings as well. And then lots of stuff as we get ready for spring training in 2018. So don't be a stranger. Make sure to subscribe. Um all right, so we have to start out with the Indians here. I'm not really sure what you can say, really. 21, 21 wins in a row, new American League record, uh, longest winning streak since the 1935 Cubs. Uh, they're going for 22 wins on Thursday night. Uh, we're recording this late Thursday afternoon, so this show is going to come out after we know the results of that game, but win or lose, they've been incredible to watch. Yep, um past the 2002 Moneyball A's, you know, made made famous by that book and, and the movie. Um, and then I guess there was a big debate on Twitter today about whether the 1916 New York Giants um, actually hold the record because they had a 26-game unbeaten streak, what, what, 101 years ago. 
Yeah. Um, but there was a tie mixed in there. Right. But actually, actually, the tie was marked down as a tie because the game was actually it was the second game of a doubleheader, and it got rained out somewhere in the middle innings and never resumed. So it was not really an official game. But they still counted the stats for halted games back then. Hmm. So that that's why it's officially listed as a tie in the record books. And then they replayed that game, and the Giants did win. Huh. So I feel like that record does belong to that team, even though that was like a much different brand of baseball, of course. Yeah, and um, the game wasn't fully integrated and all, all other various factors. There's um, Yeah, I mean, there's a million factors of, of why it was so different. But I don't know. It, it, it kind of makes... It, it cool because the Indians are maybe still trying to go for something. Yeah. I saw LeBron James called for them to win 40 in a row. Um, <laughs> so maybe they can do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what's interesting about the Indians during this time, like they haven't even necessarily been at full strength. Um, I think yeah. it was Roto Pat on Twitter who said another of our of Roto world people here. He's a Roto world football guy. He's done baseball in the past. Uh, he mentioned that they've done their whole 21-game winning streak uh, without Andrew Miller. Um, Andrew Miller comes off the DL Thursday, actually. Um, yep. So that's a scary thing to think about as we look ahead to this postseason. And and just looking at this recent run, I mean, Francisco Lindor, 30 homers. Like, where it, where did this come from? I don't know, man. I, I got I got that wrong. I thought it would take him a, a little bit longer. To develop the bat, uh, we we knew he's actually his his defense has kind of not been very good this year, which is weird. Um, but yeah, I mean during this twenty one game winning streak, there have been one hundred and eighty nine innings. The Indians have trailed in four of those. Um, they've outscored the opposition one hundred and thirty nine to thirty five. Like you said, Lindor hitting during this twenty one game winning streak, hitting three seventy with nine home runs and nineteen RBIs. Jose Ramirez has been even better. Um, hitting 388 with a 910 slugging percentage. And he's a guy um, who kind of came out of nowhere, Jose Ramirez. I remember yeah. when he came up a couple of years ago, he was kind of a stopgap until Lindor came up. Um, wasn't really someone who was getting a lot of attention in fantasy leagues, but you look at him now, I mean, he's just amazing. Uh, and that, ex- ex- yeah, that extension the Indians signed him to, I think people thought it was a little aggressive coming off what looked like maybe a fluky breakout year last year, but... Yeah. Now, now it looks like maybe the best contract in baseball. Um, C- Carlos Carrasco, too, has been excellent. 3-0 and with a 0.62 ERA and four starts during this stretch. A 34-1 to strikeout-to-walk ratio. Corey Kluber's 4-0 with a 1.41 ERA. He threw a shutout in their 20th straight win. Um, I, I, I mean, they look great. I, it's it's going to kind of stink in the postseason when we get into random baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and like maybe they lose to a, a lesser team. Sure. But I, th- I think people will just always remember this streak no matter what. Yeah, no, I mean, even if they lose in the postseason, I don't think it'll diminish this win streak, which is historic at this point. Uh, I said on Twitter yesterday, like, there's an easy narrative now. If they lose in the postseason, we're going to see columnists say, you know, they peaked too early, they tried too hard during this winning streak, they pushed too hard during this winning streak, but... <laughs> Uh, I don't think it would diminish anything at all. Obviously, the Indians are determined to get back to the World Series and, and win it this time. Uh, it would be cool to see them finish the job here, but uh, it's an amazing accomplishment no matter what. Um, yep. I think one interesting storyline with the Indians right now is Jason Kipnis potentially coming back uh, and playing some center field. Um, yep. He played a lot of center field in college. Uh, last played center field in short season ball in 2009. 
Uh, of course, Bradley Zimmer is now out for the season, has a broken bone in his hand, so uh, they're kind of shuffling through some options there. They like Jose Ramirez at second base. They have uh, Yandy Diaz and Giovanni Urshela at third base. Um, so they're willing to see if Kipnis can can get this done in center field. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, I mean, he's 30 years old at this point, um, you know, coming back from a hamstring injury. Um, you know, a little risky, but if there's any time to experiment, it's, you know, we'll see what happens with this winning streak. But, you know, a big lead in the AL Central, uh, there could be some time to experiment there. Yeah, Jose Ramirez has looked great defensively at second. He's made some amazing plays during this 21-game winning streak as well. For sure. Um, moving along to some other news here. Uh, we saw the latest top prospect make their way to the majors this week. Uh, so the Rangers called up Willie Calhoun from AAA. Uh, and this goes against their original plan. The Rangers uh, weren't required to add Calhoun to their 40-man roster this winter. And they seemingly didn't really have enough at-bats for him to make it worth a September call-up. But uh, they're pretty banged up right now. Adrian Beltre is actually back from the DL, which I didn't expect. Um, he's actually DHing on Thursday. Um, but Mike Monopoli and Carlos Gomez dealing with some injuries. Beltre probably, you know, I don't know how much he's really going to play the rest of the way. Probably li- limited capacity for sure. So it uh, looks like Calhoun should see at bats, you know, left field, DH here and there uh, against right-handed starters. Calhoun, of course, was the centerpiece of that U Darvish deal with the Dodgers back on July 31st. Uh, doesn't really have a position, not known for his defensive contributions, but uh, the bat really interesting. He hit 300 with 31 homers and a 927 OPS over 128 games in AAA this year. He slugged 27 homers in 132 games last year in AA. And assuming the bats are there, he's someone I could definitely see taking a chance on in deeper mixed leagues. And keep in mind, he's second base eligible in Yahoo leagues as well. So I think that's a nice little bonus. Yeah, you Darvish finally had a good start for the Dodgers on Wednesday. Yeah, um, actually, actually, his debut was really good too. But he he'd been on a run of several bad outings, um, mm-hmm. so I think that the Dodgers are happy to finally see that they're they're finally coming out of their major slump too, which mm-hmm. is also a weird story. Very weird. Um, the the Beltre thing is interesting to me. Uh, I mean, he suffered suffered a grade two hamstring strain two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is he going to be able to run the bases? Like, why is why is he starting? I I guess the the Rangers are just trying to go for it. I guess I have no idea. This is a weird situation to me. I thought he was done for the year, like just me like two, two days ago. So, uh, I mean, hey, if he got dropped in your league, hopefully you you scooped him up. But again, I I don't know how much he's going to play, uh, what kind of capacity he'd be able to play moving forward. But uh, yeah, weird situation. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about some guys who, who, are, who are maybe available who are, who are hitting the ball really well right now. Mitch Hanniger um, is one of them. He's someone we both identified as a promising fantasy sleeper this spring. Uh, his average draft position was in the high 200s, low 300s in some services, uh, despite a big 2016 season in, in the upper levels of the Diamondbacks minor league system. Um, got off to a great start in April with the Mariners, who, who got him in that Taiwan Walker Kettle Marte, uh, Gene Segura trade, posted an OPS in the thousands over his first 21 games, and then suffered a grade two oblique strain just before the beginning of May. That injury cost Hanniger around seven weeks of action, and then he went back on the disabled list in July after taking a Jacob deGrom fastball to the face, suffered a nasal fracture and a, and a bad lip laceration. Um, so it hasn't been the breakout 2017 that 
we were anticipating, but you now that's because of freak injuries, not because of a lack of production. In fact, since August 30th, he's batting 473 with four home runs and six doubles in 13 games, and his OPS for the season is up near 850 despite all these stops and starts and, and, and injuries. Um, I think he's the type of player you want on your fantasy team over these crucial final weeks, just killing the ball right now. And beyond the batting skills, you can also steal some bases. Owned right now in only 38% of Yahoo leagues. I'd also put um, Rays center fielder Kevin Kiermeyer in this same category. A breakout candidate coming into the year. We all know about the defense. Um, finally healthy uh, for a, a good stretch and producing at a pretty tremendous rate. And owned in only 35% of Yahoo leagues. Since coming off the disabled list in mid-August, he's batting 327 with a 935 OPS, six home runs, 16 RBIs, three stolen bases, and 18 runs scored in 24 games. If you're in like a pretty competitive league, those guys are already owned, but I don't know, maybe you're in a more casual uh, group of, of fantasy people and and those guys are available. Yeah, people checked out on and, you know, following yeah. fantasy football at this point. Uh, as yeah. we as we often see at this time of year, uh, I'm definitely on board with with those guys. Hanniger is back hitting second again with the Mariners, which is where he thrived at the start of the season. And it's really a shame about that oblique injury. I, I really wonder what his year would have looked like if he didn't suffer that injury at the end of April. Yeah. Uh, I think he would potentially be a breakout guy. Someone I wanted to ask you about because it's kind of one of the big headlines of the day on Thursday. Um, is the David Price situation. I know you were yeah. following news today uh, during your shift. Uh, we know he's been trying to work his way back, but uh, it seems like he's going to have a diminished role moving forward, at least from a fantasy perspective. Right. Yeah, they, they, the Red Sox activated David Price off the disabled list on Thursday morning ahead of their series finale against the Athletics. But manager John Farrell has confirmed what many had already speculated, that Price is going to operate as a reliever for the remainder of the 2017 season. I think part of the reason for this decision to put him in the bullpen is that he's not simply, you know, he's simply not stretched out enough. Um, his last simulated game went only three innings, 47 pitches, but maybe the bigger impetus is that he's owed $157 million on a contract that runs through 2022. And the Red Sox don't want to put too much stress on his arm creating a situation where these elbow issues linger into 2018 or, you know, hoping for the best in that, in that scenario. Um, obviously it's bad news for any fantasy owners who were holding out hope of getting a start or two from David Price down the stretch. I think he can be a pretty nice weapon as a multi-inning reliever for the Red Sox, just talking in real baseball terms, especially if they can focus his appearances toward lefty lefty matchups. Um, Price has held left-handed hitters to a, 489 OPS this season. He's allowed just one extra base hit and 60 plate appearances against left-handed hitters. Um, obviously, that's a small sample size, but that's because he just hasn't really pitched that much this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as we get to the postseason, having him come out of the bull, bullpen and potentially, you know, get into a high leverage spot, uh, you know, if he comes back healthy and looking good, um, yeah, you know, he could be really valuable that way. I think that's the way he basically broke into the league with the Rays yep. uh, back in 2008. So. Uh, that'd be interesting to watch. Sort of on a related note, uh, with pitchers returning, did you see Tyler Glass now on Wednesday yeah. night? Man. Yeah, we didn't we hype him up two <laughs> we weeks ago? Did, too? We did. <laughs> I, I was really excited to see him get another chance after all the success he had in AAA, but 
It's like he reverted to his old self Wednesday night. Glasnow gave up five runs on four hits and six walks over two and two-thirds innings Wednesday against the Brewers. Also hit a batter, uh, threw just 44 out of 77 pitches for strikes. Yes, he was pulled at 77 pitches in the third inning. Um, You know, he looked a little bit different. The delivery looked different. Uh, The velocity was up from where he was earlier this year. He topped out at 99 miles per hour. He sat regularly in the mid-90s, but the fastball command continues to be an issue for him. Uh, Obviously, you can't give up on a talent like this. The Pirates aren't going to do that, uh, especially after just one bad start um, since his return. Uh, It really looked like he made progress in AAA, but I think at this point for fantasy owners, you don't want to take a chance on him at this stage of the season. Each move is so important right now, especially in a head-to-head type of league. So he's just someone we put on the back burner for now and hope for the best in 2018. But, uh, man, I was really hoping to see some progress Wednesday. Yeah, this is kind of beside the point, but I, I was tweeting earlier today that I feel bad for Pirates fans. I mean, there- there's a lot of homegrown talent on that roster, and they've obviously had some recent success, but... What do they really have to show for it? Like, they lost to the Cardinals in the 2013 NLDS after winning 94 regular season games. Then they lost two straight wildcard games in 2014 and 2015, missed the playoffs with a below 500 record in 2016, and, and now they're 68 and 79 here this year. And you, you think back to the Juan Nicasio thing, which we talked about uh, like three weeks ago, giving up him up to the Phillies on a waiver claim for just $600,000 in savings and then watching the Phillies flip him to the rival Cardinals for a decent infield prospect. Um, and Nicasio then earned two saves against Pittsburgh during last weekend series uh, at Bush stadium, just to drive the dagger further <laughs> into, into the heart of pirates fans. Um, I mean, like to me, like ownership should have made this a special era for that organization. And maybe it's not too late to do that, but, I think they really dropped the ball over the last few years and, and alienated a lot of fans in the process. If my Twitter mentions when I tweeted that are any evidence, like people are pretty pissed off. I mean, I can sort of relate as a, as a Mets fan. Yeah, just, sure. Just thinking, uh, you know, two years ago, the Mets lost in the World Series. And when they lost, it was kind of like, you know, you could see some silver linings just to be like, oh, look at this yeah. young rotation. They have these mm-hmm. young pieces. Uh, and just to see how dramatically things have fallen apart. Um, you know, next year, maybe the pitchers will come back and be healthy, but that's far from a guarantee. Uh, especially, I mean, pitchers get hurt. It's, it's what they do. Um, so, you know, far from a sure thing, they're going to be, you know, in the wild card race or to challenge the nationals next year. I'm not especially optimistic about it, but I mean, things can change in a hurry in baseball. Um, you know, we've seen that with the pirates, seen that with the Mets this year as well. Yeah. I feel like the, with the Mets, I mean, it's just a lot of injuries. I guess there is some cheapness there but they did sign suspetus to a big deal with the pirates i just feel like they 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 do like all these cost-cutting moves that are just blatantly based on cheapness right i don't know I, the mets do a little bit of that too the, the mets have yeah they've been that way for, <laughs> for there were several years of that uh they've at least made a little bit of a commitment to that but uh you yeah. look at the the deals they've made trading off these veterans granderson neil walker jay bruce etc etc um you know it's in, in Quite a few of those deals was mostly about getting rid of the salary. Yeah, it, it wasn't about getting a top prospect in return. Uh, they basically, I think, they got seven minor league relievers 
than nothing else in those deals. So they want to stockpile <laughs> their whatever. That, there's a lack of reliever of you know really talented relievers in that minor league system. So I do get it, but it's like maybe one or two of those is going to work out. You know what I mean? Odds are. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. So there's a lot of frustration um, for Mets fans, understandably. Um, but moving along, uh, I think there's a couple more hitters who are yeah. really rolling right now if you want to get into that. Yeah, um, Matt Chapman has been getting a lot of love since his call-up to the A's. as A really good defensive third baseman who's shown impressive early power, 12 home runs, 18 doubles through his first 68 major league games. But there's another Matt emerging as a potential building block in Oakland, um, hitting even better than Chapman, and that's first baseman slash corner outfielder Matt Olson. Um, he probably winds up as a first baseman uh, in the long run. But uh, 23-year-old formal, former supplemental first-round pick, uh, he's batting 311 with an 1,100 OPS, 14 home runs and 27 RBIs in 31 games, 26 starts since being called back up to the major league level on August 8th following the trade of Yonder Alonso. For the season, Olsen has a 1,000 OPS, 18 home runs, and 36 RBIs in 49 games. Um, only five hitters in baseball have been more productive over the last month. Four of those hitters have made all-star teams in the past, and the other is Reese Hoskins, who's like the greatest hitter ever at the moment. <laughs> like Seriously, he's he is. hit more home runs than any other player in baseball history to start his career. Yeah. Um, Olsen has some swing and miss to his game, um, kind of your prototypical slugger, but he ranks in the top 10 of exit velocity throughout the league, and his contact rate has improved lately. It's a small sample size thing, but maybe there's some some hope there. Um, because of all this production has come in such a short period, and he doesn't necessarily have huge overall counting stats because he hasn't been up for very long. Um, compared to guys that have been in the majors all year, and because he's playing out the string on an easily forgettable A's team, I think we're looking at a strong early sleeper for the 2018 season and a guy that can help you right away. Um, I think the power with Olsen is really legit. Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned Reese Hoskins there, and I think it's kind of been lost in the conversation of Hoskins a little bit. He's He's hit 10 homers in his last 15 games. Uh, 14 in his last 28 games, so really ridiculous stuff there. Um, and he had good power numbers in the minors, uh, hits plenty of fly balls, he hits the ball hard, so uh, I believe in what we're seeing from him. I think, uh, you know, you mentioned the strikeouts. Um, there's also questions about his ability to hit left-handed pitching. Uh, still, like you said, I suspect he'll be a pretty popular pick in drafts with a lot of profit potential. Um, uh, kind of a Chris Davis type, maybe. He has a good arm, too. I think he can play the outfield. Yeah, but, has yeah, good patience as well. I think, you know, he's, he's an A's player to me. Yeah, yeah basically, is. very A's player. Um, moving on to someone not quite on the scale of what Matt Olson's doing, but someone still worth mentioning, uh, and that's Teoscar Hernandez with the Blue Jays. If you remember, the Blue Jays got Teoscar Hernandez from the Astros in that Francisco Liriano deal on July 31st, which to me felt a little curious at the time, considering that Hernandez was considered to be a pretty good prospect, uh, working his way up through the minors there, but... Hernandez has looked really good since his call-up. He's hitting 324 uh, over 10 games, had a two-homer game over the weekend. Uh, he started eight straight games, mostly in left field. Uh, he's hitting the bottom third of the order, so that's not ideal for counting stats, but uh, still someone I find pretty interesting, not only down the stretch here, but 
as we look ahead to next year, uh, gets to play in a hitter-friendly ballpark, hitter-friendly stadiums in the AL East. Hernandez had 18 homers and 16 steals through 105 games in AAA this year, so someone with an interesting blend of power and speed. He's available in 98% of Yahoo leagues, so even if you're in a really deep league, chances are he might be out there. Liriano has allowed nine runs in ten and a third innings of relief with the Astros, Woof. which is just, like I got. I mean, I get the Astros, you know, angle. They have a ton of really good outfielders, even guys still coming up through the system. Hernandez was never going to find a regular spot there, but you'd think they could have done a little bit better with that kind of talent. Yeah, that was that was a weird move. Very weird. Yeah, and the Astros are regarded as a pretty smart team. But yeah, I don't know. remember they also got rid of JD Martinez. Yeah, they did a long That's time true. ago, and he's he's a monster. <laughs> yeah, he's ridiculous what, right now. Yeah, he hit his uh, what, what was it? Uh, I wrote it down. His twenty third home run in forty nine games with the Diamondbacks today. Man, what kind of contract is he going to get? I mean, I know like home runs are like pretty easy to find right now, but I think he's going to be a fascinating guy to to follow. I think the Di- I mean, he's a great fit in Arizona. It's such a good park for him. Him and Goldschmidt um, in the same lineup, man, that's, yeah, that's man. pretty nice back-to-back. That's good. Yep. Um, okay, so we have a few more pitchers coming back from, from the DL and, and that sort of thing. Um, I, I guess I'll start out here. Uh, Danny Duffy with the Royals. Uh, he's been out since August 22nd with a left elbow impingement. Of course, he was also cited with the DUI right around the same time. Um, anyway, he made it through a three-inning simulated game on Monday and is expected to, re- to return Sunday against the Indians. Uh, again, this is another situation when we're looking at a limited pitch count. Uh, it sounds like we're looking about 65 pitches or so, so he shouldn't go deep into the game. And, of course, it's also a really tough matchup against the hottest team on the planet right now, and he's going to be op- opposed by Corey Kluber. So has a lot working against him right now. I-, I could see leaving him inactive for now and seeing how things go. Uh, Duffy lines up for starts against the White Sox and the Tigers after that, so I could definitely see the appeal using him after that, assuming he looks good for, but I think for this first start back, you kind of just see how things go. Yeah. Um, Another guy kind of in in that same boat, but definitely a better pitcher is Mariners starter, James Paxton, who will thankfully for, for a guy that, you know, used a lot of my drafting shares on him this spring. will will fit in a few more outings before the end of the regular season, but uh, he's going to start, his first start back will be this Friday in Houston, um, which obviously is not the most appealing matchup for fantasy purposes. And he's probably going to be limited to around 50 pitches because he wasn't able to fit in a minor league rehab start before the Mariners farm team affiliates closed up shop for the season. But his next start after that will come at home against the Rangers. Um, so fantasy owners, I think, can feel pretty good about activating him for that one. And maybe if you're really desperate, you, you pitch him in Houston. I probably wouldn't because, you know, he'll be lucky to make it three innings um, on a 50 pitch count. Right. But you know, Paxton's 12 and three with a 2.780 RA, 1.08 WHIP, and he struck out 138 batters in 119 innings this season. If he can just have a year where he goes 200 innings, I think he's got a Cy Young in him. But you know, we just we haven't seen that yet. Right. Um... Last one for me, Noah Syndergaard with the Mets may or may not be coming back this year. It seemed like he was moving in the right direction, uh, had a couple of minor league rehab starts, but he was scratched from a simulated game over the weekend due to what was described as general soreness. Uh, he played catch on Wednesday and has a bullpen session scheduled for sometime in the next, next few days. 
Uh, so we'll see how things go there. Of course, the minor league season's over now, so he'll have to stretch himself out with bullpen sessions, simulated games, that kind of thing. Um, the Mets aren't giving up on the idea of a return. Of course, he's coming back from that strained lat or the lat tear, rather. Um, but another setback here would certainly shoot down the idea of a return. No reason to take a chance on him. And even if he does come back, it might be in a limited capacity, like a relief appearance or something like that. So if you've been holding on to him for a while, I wouldn't expect much here. In fact, if you're really, you know, stressing for roster spots, I'd probably drop Syndergaard and move on. Yeah. Uh, Angels right-hander Garrett Richards uh, suffered a bicep strain in his first start of the 2017 season and wound up missing five whole months. But he's looked really sharp since returning to Anaheim's rotation on September 15th at Oakland, allowing just two runs and two starts covering eight plus innings. He threw 50 pitches in his first start, then 63 pitches in his second start against the Astros. So you'd have to figure he can climb past 80 pitches maybe in his next start this weekend against the Rangers. Um, I think Richards is kind of a, a forgotten guy, uh, but you look, you know, because of all these injuries, he, I think he only totaled like 36 innings last year. Um, it probably isn't going to reach past 40 innings this year, but he has a 3.06 ERA over his last 423 innings dating back to the beginning of the 2014 season. And he's currently available in 58% of Yahoo leagues. So if he's out there, um, that's, a, that's a really good streaming option for the stretch run, I think, as the Angels are you know in the hunt. Yeah, I mean, to me, he's a must-own if he's out there. It's just a matter yeah. of his ability to stay on the mound. Of course, he uh, had the UCL tear, um, and he decided to rehab it with uh, stem cell injections. And it looked like everything was on track in spring training in the early part of the season before he went down. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we know the upsides there. Uh, so, yeah, if he's out there, he's someone i definitely take a chance on, even though he's not someone who's going to throw 100 pitches. Um, but last thing before we go... I wanted us each to come up with a streaming option for the weekend, um, just something to help you guys out. Um, I'll get started with Dylan Peters with the Marlins. He projects to face the Brewers on Sunday at home in Miami. Peters hasn't notched his first Major League win yet, but he's looked really good so far. Two five zero ERA through three starts. Five foot nine lefty has allowed three earned runs in or fewer in all three of his starts so far. Has 18 strikeouts in 18 innings. Uh, he's also walked nine batters, but he was known as a control guy in the minors under two walks per nine innings. So I'm not ready to say that's going to be an issue for him in the majors. Had a 2-0-0 ERA uh, over 13 starts across three different levels in the minors this year before his call-up. Had a 1-9-7 ERA over nine starts in double-A. By the way, the Brewers have, score, have scored the fewest runs of any team in the majors during the second half, which is sort of a surprise to me, but... Um, always a bit of uncertainty with a pitcher who's sort of this unproven as, as Peters is, but as far as widely available options go, he's a pretty good one this weekend. He's out there in over 80% of Yahoo leagues. Yeah. Uh, another wild, widely available option is, is my guy, Tyler Anderson, who will start for the Rockies on Saturday against the, the Padres who are you know, the lowest run scoring team in the majors just behind the giants. Um, he'll be taking the spot of Kyle Freeland, who's been moved up into a mop-up role for the final few weeks of the season after struggling badly in his last four starts. Freeland almost threw a no-hitter early, earlier this summer, if you remember, but um, just kind of fading down the stretch, as a lot of the Rockies' young pitchers are kind of predictable there. Um, Anderson doesn't have great overall numbers this year, but he's dealt with different injuries. 
He worked four scoreless innings of relief Monday in his first appearance back off the disabled list. Um, and I think it makes for a decent deep league fantasy streaming option because he's facing San Diego. Um, though he's, he might only go around 70 to 80 pitches in that outing. So, you know, it's, it's not the best guy to throw out there, but you know, it's that time of year where you're just struggling to find guys. And, you know, if you're in a playoff matchup and you're hoping for maybe a win and, and some ERA and whip help, I think he can, he can be of help. Yeah, I mean, I'm in some leagues where just every day people are just grabbing people for matchups. Um, so yep. as far as that goes, I mean, any start against the Padres, I think you take your chances there. I agree. Sure. I think so, too. All right. So I think that'll do it for us this week. Uh, we're going to have two more shows to, to finish out the regular season. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silf, And we'll see you next week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.